Hi everyone and mabuhay! Welcome to Startups in a Startling Time, a podcast by Susie Scholars. I am Joyma Muriel from the Philippines and today we will talk about technology startups in developing countries during the COVID-19 pandemic with our co-scholars from Papua New Guinea, Mongolia, and Bangladesh. We also have surprise guests for you in this session, so please ensure that you stay with us until the end. Today's episode is brought to you by the Institute for Training and Development, our host institution for the study of the United States Institutes. Four of us scholars will share today's session with you, but stay tuned for the podcast of our other co-scholars from around the world. Going back to our topic, this session takes inspiration from the article by professors Salam Zadeh and Dana about challenges and opportunities technology startups are facing in a developing country context. From the article, we learned that COVID-19 and its impact on technology startups in growing economies is the worst. So, given this scenario, we wish to provide valuable insights to our audience about technology startups and developing economies through discussions with real-life startup founders. We are going to hear from three startups today, starting from the Philippines. But first, let me define the term startup in the Philippine context. As defined in the Philippine Innovative Startup Act, a startup refers to any person or registered entity in the Philippines which aims to develop an innovative product, process, or business model. Signed into law in 2019, the said act provides benefits and programs to strengthen, promote, and develop the Philippine startup ecosystem. And this includes the provision of subsidies, trainings, research and development support, among many others. As a trainer from the Philippine Trade Training Center Global MSME Academy, I am in full support of skills building initiatives for startups. To share with us her experiences as a Philippine startup, we are so lucky to have with us the chief igniter of Panublix, a textile sourcing platform connecting Philippine weavers with the fashion market, and just recently awarded as one of the country's top three tech startups. I'm sure you're wondering, how does she keep the fire burning as a chief igniter amidst the pandemic? I am wondering too, so let us now welcome to our podcast, Ms. Noreen Marian Bautista. Hi, Ms. Noreen. Hello, Mayong Adlao. Good day, everyone. Hi. Um, Ms. Noreen, can you tell us more about Panublix and the story behind it? Yeah, so Panublix is, uh, as you mentioned, it's a textile sourcing platform. So it comes from the Hiligaynon word called Panublion, which means heritage. So Hiligaynon is a language we have in Iloilo, which I'm from, where I'm from. So it's located in the central part of the country. So this really whole start, it started because of a passion project of really wanting to connect our rural artisans to the digital economy. And yeah, so this has been an idea that we just ignited last year. And now it's an actual tech startup that's still in the early stages, but 
yeah. All right. So you said it started last year. So can you tell us how did you do during the pandemic? How was it for you as a tech startup? Yeah, it's interesting because COVID-19 became the reason why Panublix really became a reality. Um, prior to this, I was in grad school. Well, I'm still currently in grad school. And my classmate is a designer. So we're taking up Masters of Innovation in Business. And as a designer, she said she's always wanted to source local weaves and textiles, but she needs someone local to source from. So this was already a problem prior to the pandemic. But when COVID-19 happened, especially with lockdowns and travel restrictions, it further became an issue. So this became a reason for us to build an online platform so we can onboard our rural artisan communities and make it accessible for designers like my co-founder and the general public to source from communities. And in the process, it really gave jobs. And I think that was really the most important thing. Um, our goal really was to make sure that we get enough sales and we really sustain the economic livelihood of our rural artisans. And basically, Panublix is trying to solve the issue of how do we include our rural artisans, crafters, weavers in the digital economy, especially now with all these innovations. So, yeah. Panublix is such an inspiring story for startups, not only in the Philippines, but all over the world. It is amazing how you were able to turn a challenge into an opportunity. What advice could you give to entrepreneurs who aim to be as impactful and innovative as Panublix? Well, you know, we're just getting started. We're still in the early stages. But if there's anything I've learned in the past 18 months of igniting an idea to an actual startup is you really have to choose a problem that you're very passionate about to the point that you even won't be able to sleep until you solve it. In the Philippines, we call it our hugot. Like, what's your hugot? What is that something that you're really willing to get up early in the morning to solve and you won't rest until you solve it? Because you need that kind of commitment and dedication to be in this kind of work, but it's definitely worth it. So we're just starting, um, but please support us if you want. It's on panublix.com. And thank you for having me here. All right. Thank you so much, Ms. Nareen. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us and all the best to Panublix. Thank you. Now let us hear from our co-scholar from Mongolia to provide perspectives of startups in his country. Hi, Professor Galbatrov, and thank you so much for joining us. I believe we will also be hearing from an actual startup in your country, Hello, my name is Kalbatrach. I live and work in Dakhan City in Mongolia. Also, I teach at the university and I'm a scientific consultant of the Chamber of Commerce and Industry in Dakhan City. I believe that the development of startup businesses is very important for Mongolia, as Microsoft Mongolia have had limited exposure to global startup ecosystem. However, in Mongolia, homegrown startups even and new technology are intensively altering the landscape. Currently, Mongolian government is implementing a $3.5 billion plan to revive its economy affected by COVID-19 pandemic. This program is equal to one third of Mongolia's GDP. The major financial support for small and medium-sized businesses was to simplify 
the process to assess lending and to reduce interest rates to 3% per annum. As a result, the interest rates were reduced fivefold. Now on this matter, I would like to introduce Ms. Mungun Chimek, who is doing a wool production business in Tahan City. Dear Mungun Chimek, tell us about your business and your experience. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Mungun Chimek. It's a great pleasure for me to be invited this podcast on a very important issue of the startup business activities in Mongolia. Um, my previous experience working in the development project was basis what I'm doing today. It was supporting farmers in the countryside by buying wool and also training unemployed people in the cities into the wool processing technology of the filter products, products to sell for their living. And second phase of the project goal was trade all these items, felted products, internationally. And this is what I'm doing, and my company had been selling felted slippers to Scandinavian countries already for 14 years now. One of the important factors in developing a startup is to create a suitable ecosystem. I'd like to ask a question. What do you think about the ecosystem situation of startups in Mongolia? Uh, right. Um, as far as I experience with my own uh, startup, it's very crucial to have business idea that positive impact on society. Uh, and not only it's making money into your pocket, but the social impact is very important, I think. And in my uh, in connection with my business, uh, I could tell that several years ago, Mongolian government has uh, made a very important regulation uh, for the herders to compensate 2,000 Mongolian jury, which is approximately one US dollar per kilogram of wood that was sold to national companies. This made many uh, startup companies like us to prepare good stock of raw materials at reasonable price for several years. And this has given good impact on herders that also the, the prevent them to migrate into the cities. And what I wanted to say is that it's very important for the, any startups to have supportive law and regulations, reliable partners, trustworthy and capable human resources, and also everlasting value of the offered services and products. Unfortunately, the country, the Mongolia is facing economical difficulties and shortcomings due to pandemic situation around the world uh, already during the last two years. And that causes the businesses in Mongolia to, um, to get slowed down, even freeze for some. However, the positive effects of the COVID lockdown situation pushes many young entrepreneurs in Mongolia to focus on personal development aspects, as well as searching for new opportunities for the potential businesses. Thank you, Ms. Mungunchimek, for interesting interview. Thank you very much.
Thank you, Professor Galbat Rock and Ms. Mungun Chimeg for your valuable insights on startups in Mongolia. It makes me curious if the startups in Papua New Guinea also resonate with this. Let us welcome our next co-scholar, Professor Londari. Hello, Professor. We appreciate you being here with us today. Uh, thank you, Joy. Uh, thank you so much. My name is Londari, and I'm a lecturer in economics in Papua New Guinea, a country in the South Pacific, directly north of Australia. COVID-19 has impacted on almost all of the sectors all over the world, and PNG was no exception. According to a study by the Bank of Papua New Guinea, in PNG, the highest it has been on the small startups. Though our Papua New Guinea government has decided to inject over 70 million for startups, the conditions for obtaining these grants have been very difficult. The startup grants have been given based on the financial capacity and the capital. Even though they met the conditions, there were huge difficulty in accessing the markets. The reason being that most of the people that are actually able to buy the products have no income due to the COVID-19 impacts. However, on the other hand, for those startups who have actually had the financial capacity, were able to have opportunity in marketing the products through internet, which is a growing opportunity currently in Papua New Guinea now. Thank you, Professor Landari, for sharing both challenges and opportunities in your country. Let us now request our co-scholar from Bangladesh to join us. Welcome, Professor Muhammad. Like Professor Galbatrak, you also have a guest with you managing an actual startup in your country. I'm sure our audiences listening to our podcast right now are looking forward to hearing about your experience in Bangladesh. Thank you very much, Professor Joy. We are indeed having a great discussion about startups in COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Mohamed Rakibuddin Bhuya, an academic and researcher from Bangladesh, work mainly with firms targeting the international market. Since 2010, the government of Bangladesh is on a mission of digital Bangladesh that basically works as a trigger to the rapid growth of tech startups in the country. Several types of organizations work here for startups, but mainly Startup Bangladesh, a wing of the ICT ministry, provides seed funds and other necessary services like mentoring, legal affairs, intellectual property rights to promising local startup. Today, I'm very pleased to invite a young promising startup personality from Bangladesh, Mohammed Oli Ahad, a former corporate executive with 15 years experience in 25 countries of Asia Pacific region. He's the founder of Intelligent Machines Limited, a startup based in Bangladesh, bringing artificial intelligence services to large client organizations home and abroad. Let's welcome Oli to our podcast. Hello. Thank you, Professor Mohammed, for inviting me and also for the kind introduction. Happy to be here. Thank you. We are going through a very turbulent time and everything is severely affected by COVID-19. Please tell us how much challenging the current pandemic is. Can we survive it? Well, although tech startups have been more fortunate in the sense that most of their engineers are able to work remotely from homes, but they too have been considerably impacted. The most critical commercial hit has been for enterprise tech startups whose clients' business needs have been substantially affected. For example, when the clients are not being able to visit the market, I know a couple of growing tech startups which have needed to wind up their operations. And then there are tech startups who frequently need to conduct various kinds of field operations, such as you know, uh, collecting data by physically visiting um, you know, places. They have found themselves in a dire position of not being able to even render their services. 
tech startups are also facing the challenges of maintaining a high level of team engagement and ensuring the team members' physical and mental well-being. And of course, it's now more difficult to secure funding when the investors are generally wary about the potential economic fallout. Interestingly, every challenge comes with opportunities. What opportunities do you think this pandemic created for technology startup in Bangladesh? Well, many of these tech startups have actually grown primarily because of an exceptional increase in the demands for their capabilities. Because in effect, COVID has rather accentuated the needs for the advanced technologies, which these startups are trying to activate in the market. Suddenly, people are more willing to listen to them than before. For example, we have experienced a staggering 78% growth in this pandemic. Just last month, we have completed a $1.4 million contract for our AI services with a globally leading MNC. And we're seeing an acceleration of the decision-making process for large tech subscriptions. The senior executives of the very large organizations are now managing more time to sit for these value center projects. Uh, thank you for the assurance. And finally, what lessons do you think this pandemic has taught us? Um, this pandemic has brought powerful learning for startups how it is absolutely critical to ensure you have an agile DNA throughout the organization to be able to embrace the shock and come up with effective survival measures. And also those who can respond quickly to the changing needs can turn any situation to their favor and shape people's lives in meaningful ways and can create positive impacts for many in, in times of great need. I wish everyone good luck. Thank you, Mr. Hart, for your time and consideration. Our best wishes are always with Intelligent Machines Limited. Thank you, Professor Mohammed. It's been a pleasure. From the discussion, it is clear that with proper planning and support, startups in developing economies can better manage the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did preparing it for you. For more podcasts and blogs from Sushi Scholars, make sure to join our social media groups if you have not already. Do leave us a like and follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash itdmhust, www.facebook.com slash study of the US, and www.facebook.com slash exchange program at state. You may also connect with us through Instagram at www.instagram.com slash itdmhust and www.instagram.com slash exchange our world. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Startups in a Startling Time. Thank you.